Hi, I'm Sean Bunn. I'm the Managing Director of Empire Metals and uh, we are a copper, gold, explorer, uh, mainly focused in Australia. Sean, good, good to have you back on. A bit of news yesterday we want to talk about, um, which is Pitfield. Um, we loosely touched on it on it last time. So what are you? Are, are you? are you going to be a copper company now or are we sticking with gold? Oh, we like copper. We like both. But I think copper's the, uh, I won't say flavor of the month, Matt, but, you know, uh, as we, uh, as people will be aware, there's a huge demand growing for copper. Copper prices are forecast to rise. In fact, a recent report suggests new supply has to come onto the market something like 10 million tonnes of copper to come on in the next 10 years. Um, so there's, there's a lot of price pressure, upwards price pressure on copper. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the majors are going to be out there looking to secure, uh, you know, highly prospective large-scale copper projects. And I think we've got one at Pitfield. Okay, well, let's talk about that in a second. Um, but... Given the reaction in, in, the, in the market to that news, which because it's super early stage, copper seems to be getting a, a, a good hearing out there at the moment, because as you say, there, there's not a lot of it, and the forecasts suggest that we're going to need a heck of a lot more. And if you compare that to announcements around gold at the moment, don't seem to kind of get the same uh, le leverage. It's almost like gold is out of favor at the moment. Does that... Well, one, do you agree with that? And two, does that kind of sway your thinking in terms of where you allocate, I think you have three million pounds last time we spoke but are you going to change your focus and kind of maybe step back from eclipse and uh into Alby, Jim Dal Dalby? we won't we won't step back completely from those uh, from that highly uh prospective area and I, and I don't think gold i wouldn't write gold off obviously i think gold has uh you know it, it's no longer in the limelight it's 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 you know it's no longer front and center stage i think and and that's driven by this huge interest in you know the battery metals you know the the rarest lithium you know chain supply arguments so people are running around looking for lithium projects uh you know they're running around looking for rare earths so there's a lot of hype about those types of battery elements copper up till now hadn't really been you know uh, you know equated with that type of industry but people are starting to wake up to the fact that you know without copper you don't have the electric vehicles you don't have these these systems that we're talking about so um you know copper's emerging now as a as a really uh, you know green friendly uh, metal industry to be in and i think that's driving a lot of the big you know the big majors to push into copper or, or expand their copper portfolios. Right. I mean, look, and I don't mean to be clear about gold. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the ecosystem for sure. But there's, there's a little bit of, you know, people living in the moment with their, with their, with their phones and their, their, their you know, the infrastructure that's built on some of these battery metals, cars, houses, etc. Um, versus gold, which is kind of, you know, investment into, into, into the future. So, um, I, I appreciate it. there's room, there's room for both. But I just wanted to sort of see. And get back to the question, which was like, is it going to change the way that you allocate your capital going forward, given the reaction in the market? So, is there is that going to happen? I think I think we've got to focus on this new copper, you know, province, this this giant emerging giant at, at Pitfield. I think uh, 
we won't abandon our gold prospects. And as I said, we, that we've got drill-ready targets. And, uh, you know, the good thing about gold is it's a pretty basic, simple mining industry to get into and make money from. You know, copper's a, a bit of a different challenge. So we don't want to be painting ourselves into a corner and having, you know, not, not having the optionality to, to bring, you know, a, 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 even a smaller scale gold project into production. I think we've got to juggle those two balls uh, for a while and we're well placed to do that. We're well funded. So I don't, it's not a shortage of resources, either funds or people. Um, I think we can manage those two uh, side by side for, uh, you know, for the next 12 months. Do you think there's a little, I know you're the new guy on the block. Well, you've been there a year, right? Um, but you're relatively new uh, guy on, on board. I, do you feel that you do need to, um, you know, given the exploits in Georgia and Austria, et cetera, you do need to be sort of seen as kind of finisher completers with, with, the, with the gold and not get distracted by the copper. There's a bit of that. There's a bit of that, but, but bear in mind, I look at these things as where will we get the most value for the, you know, not for the, uh, you know, for minimum expenditure. I, I, I don't think we do our shareholders any justice by not, by not investing the money into the ground. That's what it was, uh, you know, that's what we raised it for. However, you know, you've got to look at your discovery costs. We touched upon this last time, Matt, when we talked about the amount of money that was being punched into some gold, you know, prospects, um, and, and really nothing was, uh, you know, nothing of scale was immediately coming out. So, you know, let's, let's be sensible, I think, about where we spend the dollars and if we can advance a copper project to the point where we've got a major you know, a major like BHP or Rio starting to get, uh, you know, pay a lot of attention to us, then I think we've done a great job for shareholder value. Okay, well, let's, okay, let's, get, let's get into the um, RNS you sent out there. You've used today the word giant. It's in your press release, giant. What lends you to believe that this is indeed a giant and it's not just, you know, promotional talk? Well, a giant, a giant first and foremost, is, is a you know, appropriate geological term in the industry, particularly when you're dealing with, with these massive provinces. So we're not talking about necessarily just one mine, we're talking about a region. So you're looking at the copper belts of, of uh, Central Africa, you know, the big copper projects on the, uh, you know, down Chile in the South America. So there, there, there is a history around the world of these things forming, and they are massive. So what we think we're sitting on here is a, you know, a basin scale. This is a, a, a regional event, well over 40 kilometers north-south. We've, uh, we've identified a magnetic anomaly from our recent geophysical surveys. And what we've, uh, what we've completed in the last few months is this electromagnetic survey that picks up all the conductive rock and the variation across the uh, the basin. And those two things have combined. They merge into a, a picture of something that is, you know, a, a, a big geological, I won't say freak event, but it's a massive event that's occurred um, within this basin. And we believe that is the, uh, you know, the moment in time when, you know, the copper-bearing 
solutions would have been punching up into this area and been trapped near surface in, in this sediment, uh, in this, uh, you know, strata-bound sediment-hosted copper project. Right. So, so you're, see, you're seeing a, a profile which, you, which you've seen elsewhere, and you talk, you're talking about a, you know, a re regional event there. Um, so, and, you know, 40, 40, 40 kilometres is, is a lot of ground to cover. It's a lot of money to, to, to be spent if you are to try and understand this. So how does a small company like yourself move this forward? I appreciate you've got, sort of, you, know, you know, at or near three million pounds today, but um, you're going to need a, a lot more of that going into the future. So how do you move this forward? You know, the positive news, I think, that we are now starting to pull together and, and, and put into a, you know, a proper geological database is that this has attracted majors previously. CRA have, have explored there extensively, BHP, uh, companies like Kennecott and um, Mount Isa Mines even prior to them. There's a, a very significant database, ge you know, uh, geochemical mapping, rab drilling, there's diamond holes. So we're pulling all that together into a, into a picture that shows that there's a copper, massive copper anomaly across the 40Ks. There's zinc, there's silver, which is always a good indicator with copper of this sediment and hosted, you know, strata-bound copper deposits. Those two go together very nicely. And there's also a couple of very high nickel intercepts that are really interesting. So what we've got is a pre-existing database that, that we hadn't, you know, up till now appreciated the extent of. We will go back over the next, say, three to six months. We will be doing uh, surface surveys, uh, IP surveys and juice polarisation to pick up more conductors. And we'll be doing uh, more surface sampling, geochemistry, um, you know, trying to pin down where these features are coming out, where we can best locate the drill rigs. So I don't imagine that I will be sitting there announcing a drill program in the next six, six months. It is, it is still too early to advance to that stage. However, the story will continue to grow. This giant is slumbering and it will awaken eventually. So we've got to be there when it pops up. Right. Okay. So it's super early, early stage. But what, what can you tell us? So you, you, you get a sense of right. Okay. This is potentially a, a huge district, right? But in terms of um, grades, I know you mentioned some uh, rock chip samples. Um, you know, two point three percent copper, which is obviously you know great news. Um, but what else can you tell us in terms of the, the data in and around the area, maybe from other copper? Producers gives a sense of you know what, what we could be looking at. Well, the basin is very unique in the sense it's a, it's a, it's it's uh, what they call a, a a closed basin. So it's never been sort of open to the ocean and sea and that. So whatever fluid events occurred within this basin has has sat there and brewed away for a long period of time. If you look to the to the immediate east, there's a world class talc mine and has been in operation for for 60, 70, 80 years. The important thing about talc is it's formed from dolomite rock by a large scale uh, oxidized fluid event. So it's the same type of event that we're saying is formed this massive magnetic anomaly. So that's, that, that just gives you a feel, if you like, about how big this, this whole system could be. 
The closest I can draw your attention to is, is the Patterson Range, which is uh, much further up into the Kimberley region of Western Australia. That's where, again, there's a neo-protozoic um, system you know, of rocks. There's the Telfer Gold Mine, Telfer Gold Copper Mine, the Nifty Copper Mine. Uh, Rio are up there uh, producing or starting to look at into producing from a, from a copper project they bought. Um, Great land, gold is in that area. So, I mean, you're talking about some discoveries, you know, in the copper uh, industry now really starting to become, well, you know, figured by, by size as being very significant copper producers in this part of the world. But having said all of that, the best example I can give, you know, the, the, the listeners is, is the Russian project, Udakan. It, it's... It's the uh, largest copper deposit in Russia. It's the third largest copper deposit in the world. And it is exactly the same type of host geology that we're seeing at Pitfield, at our project. So it's a sedimented, uh, hosted, strata-bound copper deposit. It has magnetite. Wherever there is there's copper, there is magnetite present. We've got magnetite. There's these carbonaceous-type rocks, uh, epidote has formed so there's all these these things that indicate basically the same chemistry is formed uh in our in our little you know in our basin here in western australia so i i'm really excited by by what's ahead we've just got to get out there and prove the theory and and deliver the copper you, you do and um if you're going to you're going to focus on that like I said, it's a big land package Right, so in terms of, of obviously cash preservation in, in this uh, market, I think your shareholders agree is, is sensible. But at the same time, they also want you to get on with it. If it's as exciting as you say, you they want you uh, you know out there and doing stuff. But it's a kind of slow process, is it? What you're about to um, get into. In which case, where do the headlines come from? The work that we will do will continue to you know to work towards this. What I say is this proof of concept. Once we get more confidence in the fact that that you know, this, this chemistry that we're talking about, this geological event has occurred, then it's a matter of hunting down where the deposits have formed. So we're not talking about a, a copper deposit. We're talking about multiple copper deposits spread across this 40-kilometre zone. And, you know, as we start to hunt those things down, you know, you know surface expressions, you know, a, a rock chip sample at 2.3%, and 18 grams per tonne of silver is extremely anomalous. You know, what the hell is that? So, you know, we know where to go and start looking. Uh, to be honest, uh, there's an eight kilometre target that we've already identified to the north near the Mount Scratch area where that chip sample was taken based on, on our radiometrics and our uh, conductivity survey, the electromags. So there's already you know, targets that we can zero in on. But eight kilometres is a long stretch to, to, to put a drill rig on, you know. I, I've just got to get on the ground and start to pinpoint this. So I understand that people want drills and they want drill results. Um, but I equally understand it's a tough market. And, and I want to be there, as I said, when the giant awakes. I don't want to sit there and go, oh, hell, somebody else has come over the top of us and, and, you know, 
we, we just ran out of steam. I, I'm, I'm going to be there at the end, chipping away at this until uh, until we can get you know a, a giant copper project up and running. Right. Okay. So you, you, you're conscious of, of um, capital preservation and doing doing things the right the right way. You don't want to run out of cash and and be um, you know I guess cash constrained is never a good place to be. Um, Fine. So that's good news on the on the, on the copper. I appreciate this. The the kind of fo- re, we're not refocusing, but the focus focus on that. Can we talk about the two gold projects that we discussed last time? Um, you, you came on. It's obviously Eclipse and Jin Jin, Jin Dalby. Um, you, you're going to sort of not quite as focused on those, but they still have some real real value for you because they're more advanced in that in that sense. How do you deal with those things? If you're excited about copper, do you advance those two gold projects along to a point where maybe someone else picks them up? Maybe you can monetize them somehow or use someone else's balance sheet to move those things forward? Or are you not quite there yet? We're not quite there yet, but it is certainly one of the uh, the possible scenarios that we might go forward with in those areas. The, the reason I say that is that if you uh, when we last spoke, we were pulling together a, a a fairly big drill program, about the fifth I think we had done at the Eclipse and I think the second we had done at Jindalby. The idea of those were to try and extend the known mineralisation along strike and at depth. And whilst we continue to hit mineralised systems, we hit the, you know, we're hitting this shear and we're hitting gold every time. I think 80% of our holes have gold in them. Um, we were not reporting these massive high-grade stellar intercepts that we picked up the first time round at Homewood, uh, Homewood Bound. So there, there was a, a mixture of technical success but market disappointment because they wanted to see five metres at 10 grams and we gave them two metres at two grams or something. So you've got to take that onto, you know, into, into account. What we've got is a complex... You know, nuggety, yes, high grade, but but sporadic system of gold veins that we could arguably drill for the next five years and keep hitting gold and going further and further out. But do we ever get to a uh, to a stage where we could say, hell, there's an economic, there's a there's a there's enough gold there and enough grade to go underground and make this a profitable mine. And, and my fear, if you like, Matt, is that, you know, trying to prove up a, a, a gold mine uh, in an area that's so difficult to explore, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, that's just being stubborn in, in that sense. You know, you're just saying, I'm going to be right. I've told everyone I'm going to do this. I'll just keep throwing money at it and, um, and I'll keep reporting drill results. And everyone will go, oh, another set of drill results have got gold in it. When are you guys going to start mining the bloody thing? So I've got to weigh that up. I think there's a, I think it's a highly prospective. I think it's got excellent potential. But do I think that now that there's a clear runway to production in that particular area, it's not so obvious to me. Right. Um, but it might be with someone else's balance sheet. Correct. It could be an add-on. Uh, an add-on project or even a smaller player who wants to go in and do a small-scale mine. And, you know, there are plenty of people out there making, scratching around, making small amounts of money doing that. So I think it has value in our in our uh, portfolio. I will do another drill campaign 
as we move into the next phase to try and make, you know, to, to build up on that high-grade gold story. Um, but I'm not rating that now as, 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 as a company maker, our flagship anymore. I don't see that that, you know, I don't have any evidence to continue to go back to the market and say, wow, this is going to be a massive gold mine. Okay, well, that's, see, that's really interesting. Okay, as you say, you know, you're not being stubborn about it. And so many companies are and, and, and need to be because it's the only thing they've got in the, in the portfolio. Um, but at the same time, people want to go, well, you have spent a, a, a ton of money there. Um, how do you get that back at the very least? Or how do you make some money? So you're going to do another little drill campaign. And just, just if you don't mind describing, to what end? What's the picture that you're going to need to paint for someone else to come in and go, do you know what? It's great for us as an add-on or it's great for us as a standalone small, you know, potential small mine. We'll take it from here. You, we'll give you a free carry of, I don't know, 20 30%. Um, or some kind of some kind of um, NSR over, or how, however you want to negotiate that. But what 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 precisely do you need to do to make paint that picture more clearly for someone? With respect to so there are two elements to to the Eclipse Jindalby story. In, in Eclipse, that's the one that we've got resources around, and we've got plans, and we've got mining studies complete, environmental. We've even done a flora survey. So that's ready to go into a short, you know, into a small-scale mining project. Um, you could, you could like, it's a mining license. So the permissions uh, and permitting is in place. That, that's a really nice, attractive uh, asset for a small group to take on, you know, mine it themselves possibly, and 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 make make some money. For us, it was, it it didn't meet our hurdles, you know, our risk profile and the amount of effort and reward that I saw coming our way. The Jindalbi option is a bit different. There's a lot more upside on Jindalbi because there are multiple high-grade targets that we haven't even put a rig on yet. So what we have to make a decision is, do we go back in and keep pounding away at Homewood where we hit the, the, the initial high grades? Or do we step back again and have a look at a couple of the other targets? So I've got a couple of areas that are, I think are anomalous. I think they... Um, they warrant a small drill program. And, you know, I'm talking about spending a couple of hundred thousand Aussie, not, not, nothing more. Get out there, spend, spend a few hundred thousand pounds max, if you like, and, you know, then I can walk away knowing that we've done everything we can to get the maximum value out of that asset for the shareholders. Okay, understood. Refreshingly honest. Um, right. Um, well, I think that's that, that's the update. So go find some copper, please. Uh, <laughs> so it would be would be, would be the thing I say to you. We are well. There's a couple of other fed, you know that people shouldn't overlook the fact we've got a couple of other you know um, you know irons in the fire, so to speak. We've got the Walton and Staveley projects. They're coming yeah, through yeah. the final approval process. Um, again, that's a logical sequence of work and, and we don't have to spend a lot of money up front to get on the ground there. So they will come through next year. And uh, I'm looking, uh, we're looking very seriously at what we do with the Austrian, those precious metal assets in Austria are still on the books. Um, we spoke about that last time. I, I, I think we're coming to the conclusion that they're a non-core asset. We can do a sale arrangement on that and use those funds to keep the... Uh, you know, keep the boiler burning 
name of the game. You've got to be in the game to play the game. So, um, look, Sean, look, I pre- appreciate the update. Um, do stay in touch with us. I'm sort of intrigued um, as to how you go about these things, decision-making, um, and obviously this new, new focus on, on copper and, you know, proving that up to be what you hope it can be. Um, best of luck to you. Okay, thank you.